This may be somewhat counterintuitive, but the way for people to think that you are smart is not to spend all of your mental effort worried about sounding smart. Your audience is not preoccupied with how you feel. They are preoccupied with how they feel. You don't get to that place by worrying about sounding smart. You get to that place by thinking, what is gonna work really well for this audience? Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am recording this on a Friday and I'm just feeling good and I'm starting to feel some weekend vibes setting in. And so I'm feeling really excited to get to record for you and talk to you and hopefully get you out of this thought pattern that you might be stuck in that is telling you that when you speak, you need to make sure that it sounds super smart or you might embarrass yourself or sound stupid or people might realize that you're not as smart as they're thinking that you are. This thought pattern, while I know it feels like it's protecting you and it's helping you and it's serving you, it actually can really get in the way of you becoming a super powerful and effective communicator. It is so wild to me how the things that our brain does that it thinks are helping us do better at our jobs and communicate better and all that stuff are actually making us perform worse. And when we can start to see those patterns and break those patterns, not only do we stop like stressing ourselves out and overthinking and being really perfectionistic about things, but we also actually perform better. So the irony in all of this is all of these ways that we constrain and limit and put pressure on ourselves to sound perfect and sound smart, they actually don't end up helping you sound perfect and sound smart. And so it's good news because a lot of this comes down to like, you don't need to stress so much and worry about all these things to be as effective as you want to. And I'm so excited to walk you through that more deeply in today's episode. I also have a super exciting announcement in today's podcast episode. So today I will be announcing the enrollment dates for the second ever enrollment of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And I am so excited because if you were thinking of signing up for the last round, or maybe you're just hearing about it now, but you're feeling ready to take your work deeper and ready to commit more seriously to your professional growth, then this program might be the perfect place for you. So the Art of Speaking Up Academy is my signature group program, and it is a six-month journey designed to help you master the core communication skills that you will need to make a powerful impression in meetings and also to support you in doing the inner work on confidence that you will need to bring those skills to the surface. What I have uncovered in my work is that skills 
plus confidence is the magic combination when it comes to being a powerhouse presence in meetings. So the skills are the very tactical communication skills that you learn to word your ideas clearly and speak in a way that makes your audience think, wow, she sounds really good. That's what the skills do. They help you form the words in a way that is really powerful and effective for your audience, especially if your audience are leaders or executives or higher ups. But the confidence piece is the piece that you need to navigate the fear and the doubt and the worry and the second guessing that can often prevent you from bringing those skills to the surface. Because you could have all the communication skills in the world, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to encounter those moments where you're sitting in the meeting and you're feeling small and scared and you're wanting to go back into your old default pattern of just hiding away and not taking up space. And it is that inner work on mindset and confidence that is going to help you push through those moments in new ways and prove to yourself that you are capable of handling so much more than you thought you were. And I personally love this program for that reason, because not only do I have so much fun nerding out with you and teaching you all of the communication skills that will make you sound so impressive, but finding that inner strength, finding that fire inside is a priceless and magical journey that you go on. And I absolutely love guiding women in that journey. I am so excited to open doors to this program, and I wanted to share with you the dates so that you can begin to get ready if you know that now is the right time for you to break out of the pattern of being the quiet one in the room, second-guessing yourself, not sharing your ideas and genius with those around you. If you are realizing that your career and your reputation is going to grow so much faster, if you can just feel more confident in meetings, then I would love to invite you to join us. So enrollment for the Art of Speaking Up Academy happens in two phases. Phase one is early enrollment. And this is not like my public enrollment where I'm talking about it on the podcast. So it's a little more low key. And then phase two is regular enrollment. Early enrollment is beneficial because number one, when you do early enrollment, you get $300 off your program tuition. And two, you get to enroll before anyone else enrolls. And there is a good chance that this program is going to fill up. So if you know that this is your time, I definitely suggest participating in early enrollment. It will be happening from May 2nd through May 9th. And then regular enrollment will be happening in the two weeks after that. So to access early enrollment, what you will need to do is head over to jessgazetcoaching.com slash academy and add yourself to the waitlist. Once you are on the waitlist, you will be part of the group of people that will be offered early enrollment. And that is the only place you'll be able to access early enrollment. So if you know that you want to participate in early enrollment, definitely head over to the waitlist at jessgazetcoaching.com slash academy. If you're wondering if this program is right for you, I will be talking about it more and more over the next few weeks on the podcast, but it's a really good fit for you 
in general, if you're someone who identifies as being really ambitious, but you're realizing that in order to perform at your maximum level and have the impact that you want to have in your career, you need to be a more powerful voice in meetings and you need to up-level your communication skills. That is what I will be supporting you in doing. And you are going to learn the comprehensive toolkit for communicating. So I am not leaving anything out of this program. My goal is for you to leave feeling like you have everything that you need to navigate even difficult conversations and difficult rooms. If that sounds like you, then I would love to have you join us. And I will link below in the show notes the waitlist so that you can be ready for early enrollment. And I am so pumped to catch you inside. And with that, I want to get into the topic of today's episode, which is very much on this topic of communication and impressing your audience, and is actually very much also linked to the Art of Speaking Up Academy. This topic actually combines both skills and mindset together, so it's a really interesting one. But what I wanted to talk to you about today is this idea that you need to sound really smart when you communicate. And I want to convince you that that is not a good place to focus and that it is in your interest to try to worry less about sounding super smart when you are speaking in a room full of people or in a meeting or whatever it is. Now, this is not to say that I want the people around you to think that you're stupid or that I don't want the people around you to think that you're smart. I want the people around you to think that you're very smart. However, this may be somewhat counterintuitive, but the way for people to think that you are smart is not to spend all of your mental effort worried about sounding smart. I know sometimes it can feel like when we're worrying about doing something a certain way, it's kind of like helping us do it that way. But so much of the time, it's just draining our energy and distracting us and not actually helping us improve and grow. So in order to help you understand this, I want to go back to some really basic foundational components that relate to the topic of communication. This is going to sound really obvious, I know, but this is so important and it all kind of builds. So stay with me. When you communicate, you're communicating for your audience. The words you are saying and what you are sharing, it's for them, not for you, right? Like you're not communicating to tell yourself something. You're communicating to tell someone else something. So when we communicate, it is for the audience. Now, this doesn't mean that it's literally like not for us, right? So for example, when I communicate on this podcast, it's for you. It's not for me. It's for you but I enjoy it. So it's for me because I have fun and it feels good. But the information that I'm sharing and the message that I'm conveying is not for me. It's for you. And similar, when you're communicating in a meeting, whether you enjoy it or not, or whatever your experience is, the message, the communication is for your audience. Communication is inherently an audience-centric activity. It is not about impressing you It is about impressing your audience. And I'm going to share another really obvious thing here, but you need to let these things sink into your brain for this to really click. Because even though these things feel really obvious and simple, they're actually not how most of us humans think about ourselves and the world. So the next thing that I want to explain 
is that your audience is not preoccupied with how you feel. They are preoccupied with how they feel, right? So they're not spending their time in their own inner experience and their own perception being like, I wonder how she feels. I wonder what she's like. I wonder about her. They're in their experience. They're in the place of like me, my experience. I'm listening. Do I understand? Does this make sense? Is this relevant for me? Do I need to pay attention? So they're not in your world. They are in their world. Now, here's the important thing. When your mind is in a place of how can I sound smart when I say this, that is actually something that you're doing for yourself, not for your audience. When we're trying to sound smart, which we all do, we're all human, right? We all want to sound smart. I do it too. Don't worry if you do it. We all do. It's fine. We're flawed, messy humans. But when we are trying to sound smart, it's for us, it's for our own ego, it's for our own protection. It's usually a way that we're managing fear and uncertainty and anxiety. I want to sound smart. I want to have the certainty and knowing that I'm sounding smart. However, it is not an audience-centric thought process, right? So you can say something and think in your mind like, ooh, I just sounded so smart. That sounded amazing. But just because you feel that way, that does not necessarily mean your audience is having the same experience. Let me give you an example of this to really hammer this home. I want you to imagine like a genius NASA scientist, and let's make her a woman scientist because my mind automatically made it a man. Uh, no, (laughs) it's a woman scientist. But I want you to imagine, actually, let's keep it a man because you'll see why. Okay, I want you to imagine a NASA scientist and you ask him to explain something and he explains to you the calculation for getting a rocket on the moon. And he's writing it out and he's talking about it. And it's this long calculation and it's really complicated. And you're like, what is going on? Now he, he might be feeling in his mind like, damn, mm, I am so smart. Look at this equation. Look at this calculation. This is so complicated. I'm so smart. And he is like feeling juiced up and good about himself inside. But you are like WTF. Like what the F? I don't understand what you just said. So this is a really good example of a disconnect where the communicator feels smart, (laughs) feels like they've done kind of a badass job. And the audience is having a very, very different experience. And if we just even look only at the emotional experience that's being had, the communicator is probably having a very positive emotional experience because they're feeling all smart and dandy. And the audience is having a negative experience because they are confused and it feels really complicated. Now, this isn't to say that anytime you feel smart or you sound smart, you're confusing your audience. But it is to say that when your mental energy is focused on how can I sound smart, you are using your mental energy in the place where it matters the least in terms of you actually sounding smart. If you actually want your audience to walk away with an impression of like, dang, that was good, You don't want to worry about how you feel and how you sound. You want to worry 
about what it's going to be like for them when you speak. And typically, (laughs) when we are trying to sound smart, we do things that don't feel so good for the audience. So when we're trying to sound smart, we make things longer than they need to be. We keep complicated things complicated because complicated things make us look smart, right? Sometimes we use jargon that people in the room don't understand. And sometimes we also don't speak as our real selves. We put on a mask. We speak as someone that we're not. And I want you to think about what this is like for the audience when the communicator is making things longer and keeping them complicated and using jargon and not being authentic. That audience does not walk away being like, dang, that was good. Dang, that really landed with me. Dang, I want to hear from that person again. (laughs) That audience walks away being like, what just happened? Like, I don't know what just happened, right? And so what you want to think about is that when you're speaking, it's like you're serving your audience a dish. It's like you're offering them something. And rather than focusing on being the wittiest waiter (laughs) for the audience, focus on serving them a really good dish. Just focus on putting something in front of them that is irresistible to them. And you don't get to that place by worrying about sounding smart. You get to that place by thinking, What is going to work really well for this audience? And there are a lot of different ways to do this. And I'll share with you a few examples to get you started and to get you into action. But what I most want you to take away at this point in the episode is that if you want to sound smart, don't worry about sounding smart. Just worry about serving up a really irresistible dish to your audience. So what is going to make your dish or your communication irresistible to your audience? The first thing that I'll say is that if you want your audience to think that you're smart, they need to feel like they're smart, right? And this is like a really interesting thing because when we overcomplicate things and we're being pretentious and we're trying to sound smart and we're using the jargon and all that stuff, Our audience and the other people in the room don't understand it as easily, so they do not feel smart. And when someone makes us not feel smart, we don't think in our heads, oh, that person is really smart. Like, we just think like, oh, I'm confused. I don't like this, right? So instead, you want to think about what makes my audience feel really smart? And what makes your audience feel smart is when they very clearly understand what you're saying. And in order for them to clearly understand what you're saying, you need to present your ideas, whether it's in an email or a presentation, or you're just contributing something in a meeting, whatever the setting is, you need to present them in a way that is super clear, that flows intuitively, and that is easy to understand and follow. In my video course, Speak Like a CEO, which I will link below in the show notes in case you want to take it, it's my free course on executive communication. The way that I describe this is a little bit like Pac-Man, right? Or I used Ms. Pac-Man to explain this. So Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man, when she's eating the dots, 
She eats one dot at a time, right? And when we're playing Pac-Man, that's how the game goes. There's no way to eat multiple dots at once. You have to choose your path and you have to go down that path and you have to eat one dot at a time. Now that is how Ms. Pac-Man has lived her entire life. So I just want you to imagine that if all of a sudden someone fed her like 10 dots in one bite, (laughs) she would probably get indigestion, right? I want you to use that analogy to think about how to make things really simple and pleasant for your audience. When you overwhelm them with complicated information, it's like feeding Ms. Pac-Man 10 dots at once and she's going to get a stomachache, right? Just like Ms. Pac-Man wants to eat one dot at a time, just one at a time and one at a time and one at a time, that is how you take a complicated idea and break it down and make it simple for your audience. You don't throw out the whole idea at once. You don't put 10 dots in Ms. Pac-Man's mouth. You ask yourself, what's the first piece? What's the first dot that my audience needs to understand in order to begin internalizing what I'm about to share? And then what's the second dot and the third dot and the fourth dot? And I don't want you to overcomplicate this or be like, oh my God, what? Like, how do I, how do I do the dots? Like, what are you saying that I need to do? I just want you to think about giving things to your audience in small pieces, not all at once. So if you have to explain something to them, ask yourself, how can I give this to them in a few pieces? Even taking something and breaking it into two pieces instead of keeping it as one giant blob of information is very, very helpful. It's infinitely better than just kind of showering people with information, right? And the more that you do this and the more you force yourself to stop and slow down and be like, how can I feed Ms. Pac-Man one dot at a time rather than just like spewing out the information, your brain will just learn to organize information this way and it will become very intuitive and very, very easy for you to communicate like this. But to get yourself started on this, you just want to ask yourself, if I had to break this down into a couple parts, two or three parts to explain this, rather than explaining it all at once, how would I break it down? So that is the first thing that you want to do, is you want to keep things simple and digestible for your audience. One thing that can be really useful if you have something really complicated to share and you're breaking it up into parts After you've given your audience a couple of parts, ask them if they're following. Say, does this make sense so far? Are you tracking with me? That way, if you've lost them and they've gotten confused, they will tell you and you can reestablish those first couple of foundations before you keep going, which means you're less likely to lose them. They're less likely to be confused. They're less likely to go away from your meeting, having a negative feeling or feeling like they didn't understand what was being said. So that is the first part to making your communication irresistible to your audience. The second one will change your career when you learn to do this well. It will change your life when you learn to do this well. I think this is one of the reasons why I was good at my job is because I was really good at doing this. If you want things to be irresistible to your audience, the thing that's going to be irresistible to them is them. Like we... (laughs) we don't really care about the speaker. We care about ourselves. And when we care about the speaker, it's, it is usually just in relationship to ourselves, like what that person means to us, right? And I'm getting kind of existential here, but 
in a work context, what that means is whatever you're sharing, people care about it if it's connected to them, if it matters for them, if it's important for them. So the more that you can make connections between what you're sharing and the topics that your audience cares about and knows about and is focused on, the better they're going to feel, the more they're going to walk away being like, mm, I like her, you know? And it's not that they don't like you. It's, <laughs> it's just that like as humans, so much of how we make sense of our experience is what it means about us. So when you're sharing things in a meeting, here's a concrete example. Like let's say you did a project and you're sharing an update, right? Think about the people in your audience and what they care about. And make sure that as you're setting the context for that update, you link all that beautiful work that you did to the things that are important to them, right? So it's so easy to get in the weeds of your thing. But if they're in the room with you and they're seeing your work, there is some connection between your work and what you're expected to do and their work and what they're expected to do. If you can show them that connection and you can show them how the thing that you're sharing either helps them or is relevant to them, their ears will perk up, they will be listening, they will be interested, they will be engaged, and they will like what you're saying. Now, I want you to notice with both of the things that I'm telling you to do, breaking it up into small pieces and also making it about your audience and connecting it to what's important to them, both of those things have nothing to do with you being like, how do I say this thing in a smart way? There should be zero thought process of how do I say it in a smart way? However, when you do those things and when you become audience-centric, your audience will be like, dang, she was smart. That girl is smart. So you can have someone who's trying to sound super smart and is very focused on themselves and is not thinking about their audience and is just speaking in a way to try to make themselves feel and sound smart, which again, we all do. No big deal. Don't judge yourself. Don't shame yourself. We're all weird humans. We do weird things. You know what I'm saying? But if you have that person and then you have someone else who's like, how do I make this super easy for them to understand? And how do I make this relevant to the things that they care about the most? The audience is going to be more impressed by the second person. And again, the second person wasn't spending a lot of time thinking, how do I be impressive? How do I be smart? They were thinking, what does the audience want? What does the audience need? So the key idea here is just that when you're focused on yourself, you end up not thinking and putting your mental energy into creating something that's really going to serve your audience. And what I would want you to know here is that most people aren't that good at this. Like most people out there aren't thinking this deeply about their communication. So if you become the person who is thinking this deeply, guaranteed you will start to stand out, guaranteed you will start to get noticed. You will definitely start to get noticed by higher-ups because when you do these things in your communication, they will pay attention more and they will have a better experience in rooms with you and listening to you. And they will begin to think of you as someone who is very sophisticated in how she works and over time, someone who they want to pull into bigger and bigger things. Your communication and the quality of your communication is a signal to your organization about what you're capable of. And when you elevate your communication to the highest possible level, it's like you're sending out a signal that I am strong, I am capable, and I'm ready for more. And when you're sending out that signal, 
eventually someone's going to need something or a promotion's going to open up or something's going to happen and they're going to be like, she can totally handle this. Do not underestimate the power of communication to show people not only what you're made of, but to show them the potential of what you are capable of handling. Communication is everything. When you become a powerful communicator, you become unstoppable. So try these things out and let me know how they go. Try out getting out of your head and getting out of your worries about sounding smart and just leaving that all behind. And oh my God, doesn't that feel so good to not worry about that? And just focus on how can I make this easy and digestible for my audience? How can I make this so simple for them to understand? How can I make this more relevant to them than any meeting that they've sat in throughout the entire week. I want this to be the one meeting where they're paying attention the most because they are so excited about what I'm sharing because they see why it's important for them. Guarantee you do those things, you will begin to see and observe change. That brings me to the end of this episode. And as you can see, I get really fired up. I get really excited about this because these tools are so powerful to change the course of your career. And this is also why I get so excited about the Art of Speaking Up Academy because this is where I give you a space to master these tools and take all of these concepts from just listening to a podcast and learning high-level theory to deeper application, actually learning these tools so you can bridge that gap and not just theoretically know the concepts, but know exactly how to bring them out powerfully in that meeting room. If you are ready for it and you want to become a standout communicator in your company, get yourself on the wait list by going to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash academy. Once you're on the wait list, you will have the first opportunity to enroll before I open the launch up completely. And you will also get a discount on your program tuition. I am having such an amazing journey with the current women who are in this cohort. It is so cool to watch them make those connections and have those light bulb moments and see the change process taking place out in their careers. And I would love for you to experience that too. Again, it is jessguzzitcoaching.com slash academy. I will link that below in the show notes. Don't forget to try out the advice that I gave you in this week's episode. No more worrying about being smart. And that should feel like a relief. It should feel like a good thing. And I will catch you in next week's episode. Have a beautiful day. Bye.